there's some flavor of it that's just like it's new and different, and so uh, I I am scared about it because it is new and different. But then there's also some flavor of it that um, I am scared about it because it would force me to confront stuff about myself. Dear Men. Um, I'm pretty excited about this one because I have my good friend with me, Pierce. Hello. Hello. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, different kinds of relationship structures Mm. because, you know, I think the default in our culture is monogamy. You meet someone, you see if you're exactly compatible in all the ways, and then you get married. And that's the narrative, right? And there's lots of things outside that structure, but most people don't explore them or know about them. So I kind of want to bring more of that to light and um so welcome to the podcast thank you thank you very much it's really nice to be here after listening to the podcast for so long Pierce is a longtime fan guys <laughs> it's pretty exciting um so yeah I would love to hear about your journey mm. sort of starting with like I'm assuming that you didn't you weren't like a, a teenager being like I'm gonna be poly right. like that probably wasn't I mean where are you from again uh, New York and New Jersey. New, New York, New Jersey, right. There was probably more traditional structures happening in your environment. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the way, you were like, I don't think this is for me. I want to try something else. What was all of that like? Yeah. Um, so I would say that I was always poly but didn't know it or how to articulate it. But um, I definitely sensed uh, some discomfort with the ways of mainstream monogamous culture. Um, and trying to fit into it. Um, and for me, it was a lot of the, what I saw as arbitrariness, um, like the uh, boundaries uh, put on relationships that like can very much come from uh, the people themselves organically. Um, but if they don't, it just feels uh, artificial. Um, and I was definitely responding to a lot of that. There was a lot of stuff just ideolo- ideologically that didn't make any sense to me, like in pop culture when uh, characters would say things like, I don't know what to do, I love them both, or like uh, one would uh, cheat and feel regret and say like, they that this doesn't mean anything to me, like you're the one I love. I, like, I would have all these mixed feelings about like, well, then why does it matter? And like, it seems totally possible to love more than one person. I've, I've always felt that in me. Um, so I, I remember trying to wrestle with those ideas. Um, when you were a teenager? Yeah, sure. Okay, so as early as like 12, you were like, yeah, I think there's something a little wrong here that we pick one person to love for our whole lives and put them in this like special idealized place and then we're not allowed to be attracted to anyone else, love anyone else in, in a romantic way. Yeah, I'm 12 maybe a little early, but yeah, it's not around like 14, 15 certainly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, tried out, uh, seeing people more, uh, traditionally and, uh, got into, um, just unhealthy patterns around like trying to 
uh, accommodate them and and myself into this thing that didn't really fit uh, me certainly and likely them either. Can you be more specific? Like yeah. Um, so uh, for me, I would often uh, like engage in the the dating part of monogamy and seeing people, and then. Uh, when I would get close enough to the point that wherever they were at, I would think that they were going to start expecting monogamy, then I would start to pull back. Okay. Stuff like that, for okay. instance. Got it. And um, you identify as hetero? Uh, yes. I, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would often... So like you'd be dating a girl and you'd be like, okay, well, we've been together for three months. She's probably going to want me to be her boyfriend soon. Let me distance myself a little bit. For example. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, definitely don't like the ways that I, I did that back then and didn't, um, uh, have the language or, or experience or knowledge to do it better at the time. Um, but, uh, but then learning some language around it and, uh, and being better able to firstly know what I myself wanted. And then secondly, to express that and, and manage expectations uh, with people. Where did you learn the language? Um, what was your journey? Where did you, like, did totally. you, who exposed you to something that we were like, oh my God, poly is a thing, right? Because yeah. you were 12, you didn't know what poly was. Yeah. It's not, we don't talk about it as a culture, really. No, we don't. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I didn't actually encounter the word poly until much later. For me, I would just uh, talk about it as the concept of free love, which definitely speaks to the hippie part of my soul, which <laughs> is still there. Um, and still there. You're like 30 years old. Right? <laughs> I like how you say still there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I've gone through many transformations, but okay. the, the hippie part is strong. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it was learning things, uh, like free love, uh, and, uh, um, and from, and this is from books. Like, did you read about it? I think or? the free love thing was more from like pop culture kind of in, in the atmosphere. Okay. Um, then eventually I think, uh, I think it was in college that I finally learned the word like polyamory and uh, and that kind of analysis. And then at some point, even after college, I learned the phrase relationship anarchy, which uh, when I read it, I was like, that's that's me. That's the kind of poly that I do. Um, and uh, maybe we should talk about some of those things. Yeah, that... I would love to hear about that. Exactly. <laughs> There's kinds of poly. What yeah. is the what is this world of which you speak? Like, you know. Totally. Yeah. So, um, so firstly, like, I think that a lot of people think of, uh, poly as, uh, like an entirely different thing. And obviously it is different, but I, I would say it's not entirely different. Um, I think the, to help people understand poly, I like to talk about the differences within monogamy, um, because you can have, uh, couples in monogamous relationships who, uh, one partner would be devastated if they saw another their partner flirting with someone at a party. And then you have another couple or other individuals who they think flirting is totally fine and it's fun and but dancing is like like way too intimate and physical. Then you have people who are like dancing, yeah, go out dancing, have fun, uh but like if you kiss someone that would be devastating. But then there are monogamous couples who identify monogamously who think like Oh, you got a little drunk and made out with a friend at a party, like whatever. I feel like that's more rare, though. Yeah, like in like, mainstream culture, I feel like a lot of the line, the that actual line, is like, "Oh my god, you kissed someone else." Yeah, and absolutely. that's a very clear right versus something like emotional cheating, which is there's it's grayer. 
Absolutely. But it feels to me, I mean, because I'd be curious what you think, but it feels to me like the clear line is kissing. Like yeah. if you're in the monogamous container of a traditional like relationship in our culture, it's like now no more kissing anyone else ever or yeah. anything else physical with anyone else like ever. Totally. I agree um, that that is like the way that mainstream society uh, feels about it. Um, uh, That's the game that a lot of us are playing. Yeah. I, I just mean to identify a continuum of boundaries uh, rather than thinking of poly and monogamy as existing as binaries of each other. Mm. Um, and so in that way, then it's, it's kind of like um, just figuring out like in, in me, this speaks very much to me where I'm more organic and, and thinking of things as continuum, like where uh, your needs are and your boundaries are on that continuum and what you're comfortable with. Because like, if you try to think of monogamy as uh, in term, in very strict terms, then uh, you can figure out ways to get around like the no kissing rule, but still get very intimate and even very physical with someone. And then it like raises all kinds of questions. Like, is that still loyal, faithful um, and, and all those kinds of things? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then going into the poly side of things, uh, then, uh, you know, in terms of like what looks most like monogamy, you can have uh, a, structured relationship even going so far as to marriage but is open you can be yeah i'm curious and for you and your journey like what did you start with did you start with okay i'm poly let me go to like poly meetups and meet other poly people and date them or like were you in the traditional world and you'd ask the girl out and then at some point you'd have a conversation and say like listen i'm poly how do you feel about that or like what is what did your dating life look like as you were doing this Totally, yeah. So I, uh, like, I think that my uh, style of poly uh, looks a lot like the period of, for that most people, monogamous people go through of, like, dating around, and, and but what they're doing it with the intention of looking for the a person one. to, yeah, to enter into exclusivity with, I'm doing it to form relationships and, and like that, that is the end game is that process of, of uh, it's the way I think of my poly, which is called relationship anarchy. Um, and I think of it as free love is um, kind of treating romantic uh, relationships as friendships where, um, you know, there's, there's no, uh, I have this friendship with this person. And that means I can't have this friendship with this person. Um, and, uh, though, like, there people have these conversations with friendships. Sometimes there's not like a talk around like where are we going with the rarely. friendship. And, I mean, there's like, rarely a talk yeah. around like where is this going. I mean, like, you, I mean, we're hanging out. So. <laughs> yeah, usually it's a signal that something's wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, like, similarly, I I uh, wouldn't do that in terms of my like. I I think in general because we like uh, put these things in in different boxes and and think of these things as different. Um, we often think of, uh, oh God, like I have something that I need to tell them. I need to have a talk. Right. But like the, in my frame, like sitting someone down and saying like, so now that we've gotten close, like there's something I need to tell you, which is that like, that is exactly the wrong way to go about it. Um, I don't like right and wrong talk, but like, it's not a, it's not a helpful, uh, frame. Whereas like expressing myself fully from the very beginning, 
talking about uh, the the many loves that I have and and uh, the relationships I have, uh, and just so people know that from the start. So you're and, saying that you meet a woman at a bar that you're interested in, and you're talking to her about like my. What do you call the women with which who with whom you relate? Like my, I, I call them my loves. Which my loves. Okay. It, it doesn't even have to be someone that I'm in a physical relationship with. If I love them, they are my love. Okay. So do you I have plenty of friends who are my loves too. Okay, but I guess my question is, <clears throat> it's almost like a cross cultural difference, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're talking to a mainstream woman at a bar and you're interested in her and you want to be upfront, like what do you say? to like facilitate that conversation or do you not? Like, I mean, it, for me, it's very <laughs> organic and free flow based, right? So like if it came up, I would talk about it openly, but I wouldn't necessarily make a point to bring it up in that first conversation. Like at some point, it, let's I say you guys are now making out. Yeah. Like, let's say like it gets physical Sure. when, you know, you know, cause like, <laughs> at some point, you know, because it's like, there's this, there is this cultural frame that is the, what's the word, like default? Yeah. It's almost like when you're operating outside the default. You need to let people know. It's a, right, exactly. Yeah. Like at some point you kind of are like, okay, hey, listen, like this is how I live my life. Absolutely. So what is that, like, what do women say? Like, I'm so <laughs> curious, like, what is this? Yeah, so like? I mean, depending, so do, to, I think like touching on a few different questions in that. So in specifics of, like, meeting someone that night, like, there's also plenty of room for uh, for uh, figuring things out uh, that one night, right? Like, they, they, I don't think there's any expectation on me to be upfront about it or to have expressed it in one night. True. But That's if, fair. Um, but if, if in that night they said something like, uh, you would make a really great boyfriend or just, like, express some kind of interest in exclusivity, then then that would be... Does that happen to you? Um, I mean, not typically in one night, but... Yeah. It's um, usually, like, the next day you exchange numbers, now you're going to go out again. Like, it's probably... Like, when do women... When do you bring it up or when do women bring it up or do you find that it just sort of gets brought up? I mean, it, I think it does because the... It's not, like, again, something that I think I need to have a talk about, but if they bring up exclusivity, that's a prompt for me to say, like, oh, I'm poly. Like, I live my life this way. Like, how yeah. does that vibe for you? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be, like, you know, the the deep, dark revelation or whatever. Totally. But, um, and I'm curious, like, what, what, do, what are the responses you get? What kind of responses do you get? Uh, that varies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, some people are disappointed, certainly. Um but uh, some, I mean, some people are thrilled. Uh, that that definitely happens. I, th- I think there is a misconception uh, that there are many more poly men than there are poly women. Which uh, I mean, in my it's like, it, I don't have a lot of cause to be like finding poly men. But in my experience, I've come across plenty of poly women who um, are. Some of them I've learned uh, more about poly from them than they have from me. Yeah. Um, so that, that varies plenty uh, in terms of the response. And some people, you know, are uh, willing to try it out. And then, and then if uh, it can look like for them, they're dating me in their, like, dating, but their end game is still, like, one person, but they're willing to uh, have that relationship so long as it's not interfering with the exclusive with boyfriend the that they're the looking for. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, exactly. So, so back to your journey. Yeah. So now you're in college. You're 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 practicing poly. You're dating multiple people. You've learned about relationship anarchy, and this is now your thing. Uh, yeah, L- like timeline mix up, but yeah. Okay, ish. Yeah. Kind of. Okay, and then what what happened from there? Um, from there, uh, I mean, I uh, got into uh, sex and sexuality uh, material content for from a couple different angles as well. I was um, the uh, sex or relationship columnist for my college newspaper. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, good times. Um, I think that. Wait, what was the best question you ever got? Uh, no one actually ever asked me a question. Oh, it, it wasn't, wasn't like a column. Yeah, it wasn't a Dear Abby. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, yeah, it was more uh, Carrie Bradshaw than Dear Abby. Um, question: yeah. When you told people that you were the one who wrote that column, did they ask you sex questions at parties and stuff? Um, it, it, yeah, it would often get into that conversation. Yeah. They they wouldn't necessarily have like something they've been trying to resolve, but it would it, we would go there for sure. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, the so I would do that, and then I was also the uh, news writer for a an online sex newspaper. Um, that had things like uh, 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 horoscopes and advice columns and stuff, but I was writing the news. So for that one, I was writing things like LGBT equality and uh, abortion law and obscenity law, uh, a lot of research stuff, things like that. So I, uh, I've been certainly interested in this kind of stuff for a long time and, and uh, have had these talks in general with all kinds of people, including just my platonic friend. Um, but uh, figuring out, like, my, my life. So uh, I, in that way, then I learned about a couple different kinds of poly, including uh, there's, I mean, uh, again, there's the, the marriage, uh, the open marriage, which, like, looks very traditional uh, in one frame, but then is open. Um, but then there are certain boundaries there. Some people say, you know, you can uh, have uh, physical intimacy with someone, but if you were to... Uh, cuddle and spend the night, that would break my heart. You can have people who are fine with that or like uh, have boundaries around particular um, physical acts or um, uh, whatever that looks like. You can have five people in a, living in a house in a relationship all together, raising children. Um, for me, I, in practicing relationship anarchy, what that looks like is uh, very organic and free flow um, and uh, a lot of my uh, romantic relationships, again, just like friendships, will ebb and flow. Um, and sometimes I'll see them platonically for a while uh, before uh, the the spark happens again. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of, uh, I think, from uh, other people's uh, perspectives, a lot of like uncertainty, which uh, can be very uncomfortable for them. I've, with that kind of uncertainty, because there are other kinds that you know threaten me too. But with that kind of uncertainty, I'm very comfortable with. I don't. I don't mind uh, just being uh, unknowing about that. I guess my question is around depth. Like, mm. I think there's a sense or a perception that when you're not committing to someone and you're not saying, "Okay, I'm in this with you," and you're in this with me, like we're doing this, totally. we're a team now, like we're doing this. How do you reach? the same level of depth or do you in relationship anarchy? Totally. So I'll answer that question. And before I do that, I'm going to push back on one aspect of the phrasing of it, um, which it was uh, using the word commitment rather than exclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, Because those are two different things. 
And um, the uh, for me, I uh, can absolutely commit to uh, a person, even multiple people, without exclusivity. And some people, that may sound strange, but then I would challenge them uh, that they are very likely aware that you can have exclusivity without commitment. So... I guess, then what would you mean by commitment? So for you, totally, be like, yeah. I commit to communicating with you clearly and honestly. I commit to staying in dialogue with you in difficult emotional moments. I commit to, like, what does commitment mean? Totally, yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> for me, like, because we can talk about committing to any particular kind of thing, but for me, when I use the word in just in general in terms of describing a relationship, I think about committing to showing up with a person uh, for whatever they may go through and for, to care about them, basically. And when I commit to them, I commit to their needs. Um, so if they have needs that show up in the relationship, then I'm committing to, uh, to helping to get their needs met, even if I can't directly meet their needs right then and there or however that looks like. Uh, for me, it's about commitment to needs. Mm. So do you have women that you've committed to in that way? Like, do you have open conversations about like, sure. Yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely committed to to uh, multiple partners and their needs, and uh, that has looked a lot of different ways, I, I suppose. But um, and you actually, I guess, what I'm asking is, do you actually have a conversation about that, or does it start happening? Because I think in mainstream world, mm-hmm. in like monogamy world, becoming boyfriend girlfriend is the it's the implicit commitment of right. now your needs matter to me and mine matter to you. Right. Not that they didn't before, but I think what I'm hearing you say is sort of like Yeah. Like you, know, you have a marker. Yeah. There's like exactly. exactly there's like some kind of marker. And so in relationship anarchy, is there a marker? Like do you are you do you have a conversation where it's like, hey things are getting closer between us. I'd like to commit to you in terms of your needs. Like what is that? Yeah, you know what I mean, like, I mean what we does that look like? we certainly can. I don't think there's. But it doesn't like, seem like it. Well, there's there's not a common. more like universally recognizable marker aside from that conversation. But like in my uh, history practice, I find that we. I mean, in general, right? Because I have definitely made mistakes, and other partners I've had have made mistakes. But in general. Uh, it has been fine to not have that conversation as long as we are attuned to each other. If we, if that attunement is there, then we're, we're feeling each other out and we can see that. And if that attunement is there, but there's some, uh, uh, disconnect about we are, then we can talk about that. Um, like, Hey, I see you're more invested in this relationship or, Hey, I'm, I see you're less invested in this relationship. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I find that uh, the just the feeling each other out, right? Because like in, again, in friendship, people can be committed to each other's needs, but not necessarily have a marker where like now they need to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, so I find that similar. And okay. they, in the same way, like people ask about uh, like like another common marker in uh, relationships in general is like saying "I love you." But for me, I say I love you very quickly, openly, freely, even with my platonic friends. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's about that attunement and that tone. Like I'll say, if I, if I say uh, I love you to someone and then start seeing them and then things get uh, very intimate and, and deep and connected, 
like I will say I love you differently, and that will be noticed, presumably, um, and uh, and similarly for them. Um, and so it's it's responding to that that emotional communication more than um, than uh, like kind of like quantified. Uh, markers of a relationship, like milestones like that. Okay, so let's talk about sex then. Okay. Because so when, in monogamy world, you become boyfriend-girlfriend, you are now sexually exclusive, Mm. and you are also sort of expected to never look at anyone else (laughs) or be attracted to anyone else ever. Really, if we're we're really laying out social, like, expectations, that's an unsaid expectation that I think is unrealistic but whatever that's another discussion totally in your world when you you're so you're tuning to your partners what do you do about sexual safety mm-hmm. like what you know you're seeing two women you're having sex with both of them every they're all practicing relationship anarchy mm-hmm. so you don't know whether they're having sex with other people is that is that right or are you checking in frequently like do you have boundaries with certain partners like okay we're fluid bonded mm-hmm. like you know, we can make out with other people, but now we're sexually exclusive. Like, how do you handle that? Totally, yeah. So that uh, can also look a couple different ways. In terms of the communication around other partners, that is also... Um, like, dependent. for you and your experience, okay, what, yeah. has, what has happened there? So for, for me and my experience, uh, I personally... Um, I, I don't have a, like, I need to know about your other partners... Um, I do, I am interested because like if I ask you how your week was and you went out and had this great time with someone and, and I, and that was like the highlight of your week, I would want you to tell me that because I care about you, not because I care about whom you're seeing. But if you, if your week included seeing someone, but it was kind of bled, but you saw this really awesome movie and like that was the highlight of your week, then I don't want you to tell me about a guy that you feel bled about. I want you to tell me about the movie you saw. So like, unless it was a disturbing bled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if there, if there was some bad thing, then yeah, I would want to know about that too because I care about you and your experiences. And, and exactly. Um, so, in terms of the communication, that's that's my personal. Some people have a don't ask, don't tell. Some people have a uh, please check in with me before you do anything. And if it happens and it's unexpected, then a twenty four hour note. Like it can look all kinds of different. And ways. you have seen women. Mm-hmm. You have been in relationship with women of all of these ones you described. Uh, varying. I, I wouldn't say all, but yeah, okay. certainly. Um, yeah, and so that uh, the communication side of things can look different ways. In terms of the safety side, um, yeah, that uh, there are, um, again, multiple ways to practice that. Uh, me, personally, uh, to cover just one aspect of that, I got a vasectomy when I was 25 years old. Um, so that uh, made that particular part of that conversation much simpler. Um, but uh, but in terms of the uh, protection against STIs, STIs and yeah. those kinds of things, um, that uh, I mean, there's uh, frequent testing and uh, and checking in, kind of in conversations with partners about that. Um, of course, condoms um, and uh, and variety of of other. Just communication. Have you ever had a partner where you you two decided like, okay, we are now um, only going to have intercourse with each other. Everything else is on the table with everyone else. Have um, you ever made that choice? I haven't had that specific agreement. I've had agreements uh, of like similar kinds of agreements, like um, like you use the word fluid bonded, yep. which I'm, you might have meant something different by that. The way I've 
heard that and experienced that is uh, agreeing to um, use condoms with every other partner, whereas with other with particular person uh, that being not necessary. Um, so I've I've had that arrangement, for instance, um, and so that's uh, one way that that can look. Um, but uh, but yeah, they, I mean, it's all about responding to the the needs of the individuals in the relationship and then the needs of of the the couple or partnership um and uh and addressing them so can you tell us a little bit about like what challenges you've had in your in your relationship style sure like i don't know misunderstandings or i don't know just challenges yeah I mean, I've certainly had the challenges around like learning about myself, like as I mentioned with the like distancing myself without being like fully communicative about it. And not even necessarily being aware that you were doing it. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Uh, So that was definitely one challenge. But then then in uh, learning on the communicative side uh, about myself and how to express all that, then there have been challenges like... um, having partnerships with people who they thought that like maybe they could try it. They'd never done it before. And then, um, getting into, uh, situations of different kinds of expectations. I know one relationship I had, um, she was willing to try it and, um, but still her, uh, idea of what that relationship would look like was still very much in my mind, like a traditional monogamous looking relationship with, uh, the openness, uh, yeah, with me, but with the openness uh, aspect to it. Whereas I didn't realize that uh, she was still coming at it with those kinds of expectations. So in the poly world, that might be called primary. She sort of thought that you guys would be primary, yeah, and then and the other we stuff would be secondary. Exactly, and we could have been. And I, I'm not opposed to that. I've had primaries, but the it seemed like that was happening without the attunement, basically. Um, and, uh, and that those expectations were, were unsaid. Yeah. Unowned. Yeah. And, and I think it was because, uh, she, uh, in not engaging in a poly relationship, um, before, which I mean, maybe she had, but in, in that particular one, we didn't, uh, have that, uh, this might not be a primary, uh, relationship conversation or, or that, at least that expectation, not that there needs to be a conversation in every case, but um, people more familiar with poly, I think, would definitely uh, feel it out and say, like, is this a primary? Before, like, just presuming that because we've decided we're going to try out being in a relationship. Whereas I think she was coming at it that way because her experiences with relationships had been monogamous before. So what I'm hearing is that she went into this with you assuming that you two would be primaries. I think so. And then she got jealous or, like, what happened that alerted you to this fact you yeah. know what I mean like so that that was not so much jealousy in that relationship that one was uh like a a more frustration with um what she perceived as like I mean I definitely was I I think I was responding to the disconnect not necessarily that she wanted a primary relationship with me, but to the, the disconnect by distancing myself. And she was responding to that. Um, Sorry. What I'm hearing is that what happened was you guys were relating and then you pulled away. 
And then um, because of the disconnect? I, I, no, I'm then, the flipping the timeline there. So I think that there was the disconnect of that expectation and that I responded to that by distancing myself. And then she was like, what the hell, you distanced yourself. I, yeah, I think it kind of fed into each other in okay. that way. Um, so that was, that was one complication I've had. Uh, and did you guys like break up because of that? I'm, I'm using air quotes for breakup because I don't, I mean, in monogamy world, <laughs> this is what happens. You break up and then you I'm never talk again, <laughs> right? Like I, this is, there's so yeah. many differences. Like in poly world, totally. is that common? Like, I mean, there are breakups, right? But what, what happens in a poly breakup? Totally. So that can look a lot of different ways too. Uh, for me, I don't have a lot of exes. I think that relationship I'm referring to would probably be one. Um, when you say exes, you mean women with whom you don't speak anymore. Um, so most of the women that you've related with or been sexual with, you're still friends with. It's, yeah. it's a more fluid experience of totally. we are relating, we are friends, sometimes we sleep together, sometimes we don't, but we're still in connection, we still... Yeah. It's not each other's lives. Yeah. But then when you use the word X, yeah, what does for, that mean for you? Yeah, for me, it's, it's the more, like, I mean, not so much about, like, any particular criteria. Certainly, if I, didn't, if I don't speak to them anymore, that helps meet what means to me to be an X. But um, rather than the criteria, it's the way I relate to them and think of them. Um, so, like, for me, most of my former physical slash romantic partners, I still think of as my loves. And I'm still on good terms with mostly. Um, and, uh, and that's how I, I relate to most of them and, and think of them. Whereas I, there are comparatively few former partners that I think of as exes um, in that way. So, uh, I mean, but that can still happen, certainly, and does. And, uh, and for every poly practitioner that, that can be varyingly more or less common. Um, I, I, for me, that hasn't been my personal experience. Okay. So you're back on your personal journey. Yeah. You've graduated from college. You're in your twenties. You're practicing relationship anarchy. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Like, do you meet yeah. a woman that you're like, I want to be a primary with you? Like you are, you know, like, do you fall in love? Like, what, you oh know my what God, I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like... Like, every day. Right, but I mean, <laughs> like, in the in the way that, like, monogamy world looks at, like, this is my soulmate. This is someone I'm going to grow with. This is someone yeah. that's going to know me the best in the world and who I'm going to know the best in the world. This is someone I'm going to, like, work out my attachment stuff with or whatever, like, all the stuff totally, that we yeah. place on that. Like, did you ever meet someone that you were like, wow, this is, this feels really important? Yeah, certainly. I've had a number of those relationships that uh, felt really important and I could recognize were really important. Um, I think that um, uh, a number of those relationships have helped me like work out uh, my own issues in what I was carrying in relationships, still the same way that people would do that with monogamy. I think uh, one thing that I learned about myself uh, this past year is that I would often uh, run from boredom in general. And that was one way that I was running from intimacy is rather than understanding that being bored with someone uh, is, or at least can be a very intimate experience with them. um, I would think like, uh, okay, well this is a little boring right now. So I'm going to go do something else. Um, And, uh, and then missing out on the intimacy that that could bring. 
so th- uh, that's like some one example of something I've learned about myself uh, through through relationship, um, which like maybe in that case that was something that uh, the Holly was not letting me see fully because if I was bored, I could turn to another relationship. Um, in general, though, I haven't found uh, Polly to uh, be holding back anything in terms of intimacy in the in the way that I think a lot of monogamous people fear it will. Um, and and I don't uh, think there's anything wrong with monogamy in and of itself. Though I think our culture is one of toxic monogamy, um, which I have some thoughts about, but. Um, I think just because monogamy is the dominant uh, narrative and practice, I think most people who do it do it for the wrong reasons of just sliding into it by default the way any dominant narrative, most people do it for the wrong reasons rather than thinking about it mindfully um, or feeling about it mindfully. Um, But, uh, but yeah, and uh, some of the things we've, we've touched on around toxic monogamy, but um, like equating exclusivity with commitment or uh, confusing, uh, uh, expressions of jealousy for love and care, um, things like that are, uh, I think, uh, aspects of this toxic monogamy culture that we live under. Um, and actually, I think one of, going back to the question about challenges, one of the most uh, challenging relationships I was in was in a relationship with someone who was even more poly than I was in terms of her practice and experience and, and knowledge around it. But um, she practiced a different kind of poly in that hers uh, was, um, I think, like thinking about it now, I would say that hers sounds to me like a more like an open relationship structure. I don't think that she necessarily knew that at the time. Um, and she had different ideas around communication. Like she wanted upfront communication uh, before anything was going to happen. And if it happened, so then she wanted you to call hours. her if you were going to hook up with a girl at a party. For instance, yeah. Before you hooked up with the real party. Yeah. Whereas in your world, that wasn't necessary. Yeah. It was okay to say, I hooked up with a girl at a party last night. Totally. Right, so there's and, a gap there. And for her, that was uh, partly about protecting her from her experiences of jealousy because she knew that about herself. Um, and uh, and I'm certainly willing to work with someone around that, but um, it was, it was uh, complicated in that... Uh, just in and of itself, it's like slightly more complicated, fine. But um, then it felt like uh, I, when every time that happened, um, there would, with the jealousy, there would be some amount of blame attached. And, uh, and then uh, I would try to go along with the, the requests or... or uh, Meaning was, you would call her before you hooked up with a girl at a party. Yeah, but then I started to experience them as rules. And that wasn't helping. And then every time I did that, the jealousy and blame would come out. And then the request or would be put out that it, the communication happens earlier and earlier in every step. And then it felt like it was um, uh, just an a, avoidance thing rather than like an actually dealing with the, the feelings thing. Um, so you, that, By an avoidance thing, you mean that you felt like she was avoiding saying, I actually don't want you to hook up with anyone else? Um, or the, that, that is an example of what she might have been avoiding. Okay. I can't, I can't say you're not sure, sure what she was avoiding, but yeah. it felt like this isn't really about you wanting me to call is about you not wanting me to do it at all. Or it, it, that was one of the energy vibes I got. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm guessing that connection <laughs> didn't last. For- um, no, but we are, we are still close and, and friends. 
Yeah, which, I mean, it, uh, that leads me to one issue with Polly that I think a lot of monogamous people don't anticipate. Everything they ask me about, for the most part, is something that I experience as not a problem. Hmm. But um, the with the Polly thing, um, I think that if you are seeing multiple people and then for whatever reason something goes sour in uh, one relationship, that seriously dampers the ability to show up in those other relationships. And that can be uh, uh, really hurtful. There's a, actually a fantastic article um, on on that experience that is called something like uh, my boyfriend's girlfriend just dumped him and like uh, I feel sad about it or something like that. That's uh, And it's it's beautiful and, and uh, heartbreaking. And yeah. Relatable. Definitely. Because... Heartbreak and heartache is a really big deal. Totally. And it totally affects someone's mood and their energy level, their ability to show up, their ability to hold space for other people. Absolutely. All of that stuff is is happening. Definitely. And then, yeah. Yeah, and I think that there's something interesting about like the kinds of questions monogamous people will often ask me that it it just sounds like they are... Like there's some flavor of it that's just like it's new and different, and so uh, I I am scared about it because it is new and different. But then there's also some flavor of it that um, I am scared about it because it would force me to confront stuff about myself. Mm. And so that's you're talking about monogamous people who are thinking of going poly, so to speak. Um, may, maybe they're thinking about it, or maybe now that they have learned it about me, they're. Uh, uh, maybe challenging the very concept so that they can prove to themselves that they don't have to do it because then they're scared of, of confronting themselves if they had to. Could you make that a little more concrete for me? Uh, sure. Like I think like some people, um, like you meet a woman. Yeah. She's monogamous from monogamy world. Yeah. She's interested in you. Mm -hmm. You start relating. Oh, well, I mean, it doesn't, is that when it shows up? It doesn't even have to be someone interested in me necessarily, but just meeting me and then asking about Polly. Um, I see. Yeah. So they, in terms of like, Oh, what would that mean for my relationships? If I had to navigate them, Polly, Oh, then it would bring up this aspect of what aspect. Um, What's an example. So that could be jealousy for one. Okay. Um, so if I were Polly, I'd have to deal with my partner going and making out with some other girl. For instance, yeah. Okay. And and uh, I don't like. I'll be the first to say all feelings are valid. The the question of what is uh, valid or not is one of like the inferences and meanings we draw from those feelings. So again, uh, thinking of uh, jealousy in terms of an expression of care, like maybe that jealousy is there because uh, I care and, and I don't want to lose them. Maybe that jealousy is there because I have a fear of abandonment and I'm insecure in the relationship. Um, but uh, that that needs to be looked at, and some people don't want to look at that. That is absolutely fair. So speaking of jealousy and feelings, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you feel like... I mean, so you can't really compare... For example, like I did monogamy world for 10 years and now I'm doing poly world. Mm. You don't really have that comparison because you've sort of lived your whole life being poly. But do you feel like you spend an eternity processing feelings with partners? (laughs) Because I think that's another misconception that monogamous people have about Mm. poly is like, God, you must just spend all of your time 
processing feelings. <laughs> like, is that true? Um, I mean, Either I... Or your own or your partner's. So... Partner's is... Well, to... <laughs> To answer that question directly, I do feel like I spend a lot of time processing feelings. I don't think it's because I'm poly. I think it's <laughs> I think it's because I really like thinking about feelings and processing them. Um, but uh, touche. But um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think monogamous people often think that being poly necessarily means having a lot of communication, which I mean that. There's a level of truth to that, but I, there, I mean, there are also varying degrees of poly that don't necessarily require that much communication. And then also it's like, but, but your monogamous relationship doesn't require a lot of communication and processing feelings. So, But there's a level of, right, because I think in monogamy world, there's a lot of, oh, well, we don't even have to talk about right. jealousy because now we're boyfriend-girlfriend, yeah. which means that we're both going to pretend that we're never attracted to other people <laughs> yeah. and we're never going to be with anyone else. Totally. Like there's all And we already implicit... know what each other feels because we've lived together for 10 years and there's no way that our expectations or guesses could be different from the lived experience. Sure. I yeah. mean, right. Like there are, I think, conversations that monogamous people aren't having mm. that are much more standard in the poly community. Yeah. Which should be having being had more <laughs> totally. like in monogamy world. These conversations should be ha- had more. Yeah, but they're not. I mean, I think like with my experience of all the the most of the issues that monogamous people try to point out with Polly is just the difficulties and challenges of relating to people in general, <laughs> um, and, and, and that shows right. up separate in, from STIs. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and that shows up in monogamy or Polly, right? Yeah. Um. So. I want to touch back on jealousy real quick. So sure. when you've been with women and they have said like, yeah, the best part of my week is that I had this great sex with Greg yeah. and it really rocked my world. And you notice jealousy coming up. So do you, do you share it? Are you like, wow, that's great. And I'm noticing I feel jealous. So one aspect about me personally in this, in that, in responding to your question is that I don't feel jealousy in that way. Do you feel jealousy in other ways? Um, I think more like uh, like around. I mean, not romantic jealousy. For me, it's like opportunity. Opportunity, like someone gets to go on a really cool trip or do a really awesome creative thing, and like, and I don't mean like my partner. I mean like like people. Like, so you don't experience jealousy in your women partners ever. I haven't. No. Never. I mean the I what I experience like if. For instance, uh, I recently had a partner leave me for someone else, but like I wasn't. When I think about the the unpleasant feelings I had around that, I'm not jealous of the other person. Guy. I'm uh, sad that I was left. Like th- those to me are different mm. things, um, and uh, and for me, that's just like processing a mourning and bereavement mm. uh, rather than. I'm jealous of him. Um, so there's that. There are ways that that happened that I, uh, I'm i not totally pleased about including with him, but I, I don't think of it as a, as a jealousy thing and more of a, like... I wish you guys had been straighter with me. Yes. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> right, which isn't right. It's not exactly the same. It's yeah. almost not the same at all. Um, okay, so... 
uh, we're going to start to wrap up. And as we do, I'm just so wondering, <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering in terms of adv- any advice that you would have for women or man, but mostly this podcast is for men, mostly men sure, yeah. that are interested in trying out poly. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for them? I mean, like the known poly Bible is a book called The Ethical Slut. And um, it includes in it uh, trying out poly for your first time. It includes in it trying to open an exclusive relationship. Um, and there are, they talk about different formats and things. So if you have no relationship at all, that's definitely a great... Re- I mean, not relationship at all. If you have no relationship at all to poly, okay. it's definitely a great resource uh, to, to begin with. If uh, you're familiar with poly already, then um, th- I... Uh, would say you know ask the people in your life about it and um, and and if you don't have poly people in your life that yeah. you know about there are some really good poly meetups absolutely including yeah. poly cocktails it's yeah. a pretty established group on meetup I, I didn't know about that one yeah um, yeah I I think uh, when you asked me about like poly meetups before like that wasn't part of my journey I don't know that there were nearly as many when I was uh, figuring this stuff out for myself but um yeah, I'm. I also experience myself as not like part of like the poly community per se, mm. but um, but yeah, the if if you're thinking about it, I would say like try out the dating portion of monogamy, dating around, but like see if that just feels good in and of itself, rather than evaluating a partner like do I want to be exclusive or not. Um, and if that feels good, then you may be poly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of the men that I work with feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. when they're dating multiple women. They feel like they're kind of doing something wrong. Totally, yeah. They have a lot of guilt and shame around it, even when they're communicating with the women. Totally. Obviously, it's better when they're communicating with the women. Their, their guilt and shame goes down. But just the act of seeing multiple women yeah. is stressful for some Men. Totally. So in that point, that's a great point. And for that, uh, I think the the internal work there is to parse out how much of this unpleasant feeling that I'm going through is because this is a new experience for me and how much is because there actually is something that I need to communicate to my partners about because we've reached a level of intimacy now where I have the attunement that they I realize that if, they if, think it's going somewhere. Yeah. They think it could go somewhere. Or or even um like even if they knew that you were poly, right? But um but so in my poly relationships, um some of my partners want to know if I'm getting close with someone. So uh that is something that because I know that about them and I'm attuned to them, even if they haven't said that to me, I just know that's something I need to communicate because we have a depth of relationship that now they want to know if other relationships are approaching that. Um, And that is like, in terms of like what uh, cheating or infidelity looks like in, in poly world, I would say it's much more around the like honesty and upfrontness and communication itself rather than in like breaking like the default boundary of a physical Sure. Affection. So if we're if we're we are poly partners, you and me, and you say how was your week and I don't tell you about Greg who was the highlight who of was your the week. the highlight of my week. Then I would be that's like that's a problem. Yeah. And it's not because I slept with Greg. Because, it's because you I was something. shady about sleeping with Greg. Yeah. Yeah. And now like okay, why are you hiding something from me? It's because of whatever is happening there. 
Like, I have strong feelings for Greg. I'm afraid maybe I like him better than you. Which I I'm would afraid know our about. connection is is now on the down, uh, going down. But I don't. But I'm afraid of telling you because I'm afraid you'll attack me. For example, right? Which right. like if if that is because of something I did. Like, I gave you the impression that I would attack you, then, like, that's definitely something I would need to work on. But if that's coming from your own insecurity... Or my own background. Yeah, exactly. That I haven't maybe dealt with. Right. Okay. Then, then, like, I, I mean, I would want to help you through that. Um, if I'm committed to you and your needs, I would want you to, to grow as a person and be the best self you can be, yeah. And you would want to be afforded the courtesy of... A heads up. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> So, all right. So, cool. So, get the ethical slut yeah. if you're interested. There are poly meetups. You can actually meet with people and ask them about their experiences. And, and in terms of uh, stuff, like there is a wealth of really awesome articles about like particular experiences with poly. If you're like looking for like how to open up a poly relationship or what is you mean it how like to open up an exclusive relationship? Yes, that's right. How to open up an exclusive relationship or what to if you're. Like that that article I mentioned before, where, uh, my boyfriend's girlfriend just dumped him. Like that was a beautiful read, um, and there are um, th- there I can think of a bunch of other beautiful articles that we can put in the show notes or whatever. But like if you just can, Google search yeah. Polly for this particular instance or this question or whatever, there's a lot of really awesome stuff. Yeah, I do really recommend the Ethical Slut. It's a very good book, simple, straightforward, not too long. I really. I really like that book. I think if you if you are actually interested in this, mm-hmm. you should get that to and, start. I think it's a good overview. And if you're like if especially if you're apprehensive, I think the book is very good at like holding your hand through it. Whereas if if you if you don't like that, then you know, Google some articles. But you know, you said something interesting there that I think is a whole other episode that we're not gonna get into, but I just wanted to pull out, which is what happens if one person wants to open up the relationship and the other person doesn't? That is a Stay great tuned question. for another episode <laughs> of Dear Men. Um, any last words before we wrap? I wish y'all the best in your exploration of self and relationship. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. <laughs> that wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day.